them a praise. Let's give God a shout of victory. Can anybody testify that God is more than sufficient, more than I have need of? He supplies all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. You want to know why we're excited? Because we serve a God that's above all, through all, and in us all. Let's give him praise. Come on, let's give him exuberant praise. Hallelujah, you're a good God, and you are worthy of great praise. Hallelujah, great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. I lift you up tonight, Jesus. Come on, I feel revival in the house of God here tonight. I feel the moving of the Holy Ghost in this house. Hallelujah, whatever you got need of, he can supply it. God. Hallelujah. Somebody shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord here tonight and to feel what we feel in this house. Amen. How many is thankful for the presence of God that's in this place? I want you to know here tonight that that does not happen by accident. Amen. God goes where he is invited and where he is welcome. Amen. And so... It is, it is often uh, where, where people open up their home to Jesus. And he said, yes. Do you know if you open up your home to Jesus, he'll say yes, and he will show up. Amen. When we open up our church, amen, I know that it sounds like, amen, it should go without saying that God shows up, and as his custom was, he went to church. Amen. But there's sometimes church don't want Jesus there. But this is a church that wants the presence of God every service. Amen. Would you agree with that? So we invite you, Jesus, at every service. Yeah, we love the moving of God's presence. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Exodus chapter 30 and verse 22. Exodus chapter 30 and verse 22. Amen. As you're turning there, amen, again, we want to welcome all of our guests and visitors. So good to have you in the house of the Lord here with us tonight. We want to encourage you to be back this Sunday. You don't want to miss it. Amen. Uh, Brother Buxton's going to be preaching, and it's going to be powerful. And I'm believing that there's going to be walls that fall down that'll never get built back up. You believe that with me? Amen. So you don't want to miss that. Make sure you're bringing somebody with you to the house of the Lord. And uh, it it is it is just powerful what the Lord is doing. Uh, we had at, at at the last count we had 27 visitors in the house of the Lord with us on Sunday, and so uh, that's visitors. So that that lets me know that there are people that you are connected with, that if you just reach out and say, come on with me to the house of the Lord, uh, that they will come, and I'm believing that God's going to do something great in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Exodus chapter 30, verse 22. I want to do my best to preach what I have been praying about, what I have been feeling in the Holy Ghost, and uh, impart this to us here tonight. Verse 22, the Bible says, Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, 500 shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half so much, even 250 shekels, and of sweet calamus, 250 shekels, and of cassia, 500 shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of olive oil and hen, or tub, that thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment. An ointment 
compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be an holy anointing oil. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony, and the table and all his vessels, and the candlestick and his vessels, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offerings with all his vessels, and the laver in his foot, and thou shalt sanctify them with that they may be most holy, that whatsoever toucheth them shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be an holy anointing oil unto me throughout all your generations. This shall be an anointing oil unto me throughout all your generations. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Anoint everything. Anoint everything. Would you set down your Bibles as we pray here tonight? Come on, let's pray until the anointing of God flows freely in this house. It's already been flowing freely in the prayer room. It's been flowing freely in the worship. But right now, God, we need your anointing to flow as we receive the preached word of God. Amen, Lord, we need you to anoint our ears to hear and our hearts to respond to the word of God. Anoint me, Lord, to preach your word, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody pray with the power of the anointing of God in this house. Lord, we give you glory and honor and praise in the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands one more time unto the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments here tonight. came to preach to us, anoint everything. The anointing oil is a powerful subject in the Bible. It is a subject that we refer to in church settings, but I want to do my best to help us to understand what the Bible is referring to. The anointing oil was unique. It was not commonplace. In fact, uh, it was not allowed to be used on what would just be considered common. Amen. It was, it was unique in its design. It was unique in its ingredients. Amen. And later on in other passages of Scripture, you will find a commandment from God that this anointing oil was not to be replicated. This anointing oil was not to be imitated. It was to be authentic. There were to be no knockoff brands of the anointing oil. The anointing oil was not to be like a Dr. Thunder or a Mr. Mountain. Amen. The anointing oil was always meant to be the real deal. And can I help you here tonight? 
Amen. The anointing that God gives is authentic. The anointing that God gives is genuine. The anointing that God gives is powerful. The anointing that God gives is 100% effective. The anointing that God gives, I know there's an anointing the world might want to give, but that is a knockoff brand. I know that there is an anointing that religion can give, but that's a knockoff. I know that there is anointing that can come, amen, upon religiosity, amen, but that is a knockoff brand. God wanted his anointing oil to be unique. He wanted it to retain its power. He wanted it to retain its purity. He wanted it to retain its authenticity. Church, we cannot settle for a knockoff brand. We cannot settle for imitation. We have got to hold fast to that which is true and that which is right. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. What you're feeling here tonight is genuine. Hallelujah. Amen. This anointing oil is used, and we see it through the Bible, that, the, that there is an anointing of kings. There is an anointing of priests. There is an anointing of those that are, are gifted in certain areas and avenues. Amen. Those that are craftsmen. Amen. There are different amen, uses for anointing. Amen. This anointing that we are talking about here tonight took five ingredients. Amen. If you were one that delved into numerology, which is the study of numbers and their meanings to the Bible, amen. You, it's it's a very interesting subject because the Bible uses numbers. Amen. Often place numbers like three, numbers like seven, numbers like five, numbers like ten, numbers like forty, and it seems to go over and over again. You find it in the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. There's something. That is being told to us. Amen. Numerology teaches that the number five in the Bible is a representation of grace. This is why in the New Testament you have the fivefold ministry that God gave. It was a gift that he gave unto men. And it's like we talked about on Sunday. Grace was education. Grace was information. Grace was the giving of revelation. Amen. And we find here tonight that this anointing oil was, amen, five different ingredients. Amen. In other words, if I could preach it the way that I feel it here tonight, that it takes grace to be anointed of God. Amen. It takes grace to be anointed. Being anointed is an act of the grace of God. Nobody can say, I'm anointed and I deserve it. Nobody can say, I'm anointed and it belongs to me. Nobody can say, I'm anointed. Amen. And it was just meant to be. Every individual that has ever been or will ever be will be able to stand before the throne of grace and say, had it not been for the grace of God I would have never been anointed whether you're a king whether you're a priest whether you're a preacher or a saint of God if you ever feel the anointing come from heaven I want you to know it was an act of grace I wish somebody would give him praise here tonight come on let's lift up our hands for just a moment let's give him praise Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray for just a moment. 
If you get the anointing of God to ever do something or be something or ever accomplish something for God, I want you to know it was the grace of God that helped you and I to ever get there. This simple understanding that anointing comes by grace is something that if we miss it, amen, we will lose the anointing itself, uh, amen, because there are far too many people that thought the anointing came based on their talents and their abilities. Uh, there's a lot of people that thought the anointing of God came based on who they knew. Uh, the anointing came based on who they were related to, uh, that the anointing came based on some external feature. But I want to remind us here tonight uh, that if God is resting on you, uh, if the anointing of the Holy Ghost is moving on you tonight, uh, I want you to know that it is coming uh, as a direct result of the grace of God. Amen. The first ingredient that you are to put in the anointing oil is a spice called myrrh. Myrrh is the, one of the items that was given to Jesus at his birth. Amen. It's symbolic. Myrrh is a fragrance that comes from the trunk of a camphora tree in Arabia. Its sap is produced in the form of of tears it runs down the tree like tears and then they take those tears and they melt it down and they get the very essence the very oil of it and that's where myrrh comes from myrrh is a beautiful picture of meekness and of submission Amen. In other words, it takes tears and submitting yourself to God in order to accomplish and to truly be anointed and not be a knockoff version. Amen. If you want to be anointed and you think I'm just talking to preachers, I came to preach beyond just ministering behind a pulpit. I came to talk about anointing everything. Amen. In the church of the living God, if we're going to have the anointing that God gives, we've got to let the tears fall down our face. I'm not too prideful, amen, that I can't allow the anointing to flow down like tears from my face. I'm not too prideful to say I can't submit myself to God. There's a reason that this was the first ingredient because if somebody does not want to allow themselves to be meek, which is nothing more than a quiet submission, somebody that says, I want to be anointed, but I won't submit to God, will never be truly anointed of God. Somebody that says, I want to have giftings, but I don't want to have submission, will never truly be anointed of God. Meekness is not a weakness. The Bible says that the meek shall inherit the earth. I came to preach. Jesus came meek and lowly riding on the colt of a donkey. When he came into this earth one of the gifts they gave him was myrrh that he left his throne in heaven and he became meek and meeker than anybody else for the saving of mankind. Can I preach it the way I feel it tonight? Meekness is a simple and a quiet strength that you harness to be used in God service. If you're ever going to be anointed of God, you've got to allow yourself to yield yourself to the process that God puts you through. There's going to be tears, honey. There's going to be pain. Days you don't want to do it, but if you're going to be anointed, you got to let the tears run down. you got to let the fire come until that myrrh comes out of your life. Somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify him. Come on, church. We want to have an anointed church, but it takes meekness. Submission is not a, is not a weakness. It is a strength. Oh, let's pray for a few moments.
Let's pray for a few moments. Somebody is saying, I want to be anointed, but I don't want to yield myself to God. I don't want to yield myself to the process. It causes pain. It causes tears. There's fire that's got to extract this anointing out of me. you got to yield yourself to the process like Jesus and say, not my will, but thy will be done. Oh, let's pray. I feel him in this house here tonight. The anointing is coming here tonight. The second ingredient for the anointing oil was sweet cinnamon. Not just cinnamon, sweet cinnamon. This cinnamon comes from a tree that grows 30 to 40 feet tall. It grows remarkably straight. It is said that this cinnamon tree grew so straight that it had with it no curves. They would then take the leaves and they would take the fruit of this upright tree they would squeeze them, and out of that, when they pressed it, amen, came the oil. You're going to find something, amen, that, 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 that is going to be in each and every one of these. In order to get the oil out of anything, it's got to go through a crushing. In order to get the oil out of anything, it's got to go through a pressing. I want to be used of God. I want to be anointed, but I don't want to be crushed. I don't want to be pressed. I want to be anointed, but I don't want to go through something that is uncomfortable. I want you to know nobody that's ever anointed, amen, can stand and say, I've never been through nothing. Everybody that's been anointed, Anointed, they've been pressed beyond measure. Everybody that's been anointed has been troubled on every side. Everybody that's ever been anointed of God has allowed the pressure, amen, to produce goodness. They squeeze it and out comes the oil. This tree being 40 feet tall, straight as can be, straight as nature would allow. Amen. I want to help us here tonight. This is a typology of being an upright individual. Amen. Being upright does not mean being self-righteous. In other words, how you stand matters. And whether or not you are willing to stand uh, makes a difference. Uh, amen. When God looked to produce anointing oil, uh, he looked for something that was willing to stand uh, but not stand to be a people pleaser, uh, not stand to be leaned over to the side by every wind of doctrine uh, and by the cunning craftiness of other people. But when God looked to find something to anoint uh, and to pull anointing out of, uh, he said, I'm looking for somebody uh, that's foundational. I'm looking at somebody that's it's not wishy-washy as the week goes by. I'm not looking for somebody who's here today, gone tomorrow. I'm looking for somebody that's reaching as high to heaven as they can get, standing as firm, standing as straight. Can I preach how you stand matters? If you want to be anointed of God and used of God, you got to take a stand. It's been said uh, that if you don't stand for something, you fall for everything. Uh, there's people that don't like confrontation, uh, so they decide to bow to everybody and everything. Uh, but you'll never be anointed uh, if you bow to everybody's opinions. Uh, you'll never be anointed uh, if you bow uh, to everybody's opinion. Oh, I came to preach in the Holy Ghost. Uh, you'll never be anointed uh, if you don't just say, I'm going to stand uh, on the Word of God uh, and I will not bow. Oh, let's love him. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. How you stand matters. 
You've got to be willing to stand for what is right even in the midst of criticism. You've got to stand for what's right even if nobody else stands with you. You've got to stand on the truth and never leave the truth. You've got to live above reproach. Amen. You've got to be like Jesus. When the devil shows up, he finds no crack. He finds no crevice. He finds no open door. Why? Because I've decided I'm going to stand upright. When he comes by, he ain't finding gossip. When he comes by, he's not finding bitterness. When he comes by, I'm going to be standing firm on the word of God. To be anointed, you need to know where you stand. Too many people, well, I just stand where that person stands. You'll never be anointed. Because what happens when that person moves off of what they stand? Hey, praise God. As an apostolic church, amen, we've got to be firm in our foundation. And to never... Mm, Paul would even put it this way, but though we, including himself in that category, are anybody else preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, he said, let them be accursed. Can I help you? If you want to be anointed of God, amen, even when other people collapse to the side or move their position, you know I stand firm. I stand here, and I'm not moving. I put my family, I put my roots, and I know where I stand. Knowing where you stand is important, but guess what? It's just as important to, to know how to stand. You find it in the book of Ephesians. Uh, he says, stand therefore and have your loins girt about with truth. This is a sweet cinnamon tree. Uh, amen. That's sweet. Uh, there's nothing sweeter than somebody uh, that knows where they stand uh, and they know how to stand. Uh, and over and over again in Ephesians he will say, uh, having done all to stand, uh, stand therefore. Well, I've done everything I can to stand, Pastor. What do I do? Exactly what Paul said. Uh, after you've done everything you can to stand, uh, you keep on standing. Uh, and you make sure you stand in the right place. Come on, I came to preach if you want to be anointed. You can't just bow to everything and move around with everything. How I feel today, how I feel tomorrow, what I think today, what I think tomorrow. Well, maybe we had good church this week, but bad church that week. That doesn't matter. you got to stand firm on the word of God. Loins girt about with truth that says, Jesus, I am here for the duration. Amen. To be anointed, you've got to stand. This is where we get words like faithfulness. This is where we get words like commitment. This is, come on, somebody. Amen. We've got a world that's uncommitted. We've got a world that's unfaithful. But in the church of the living God, we've got to be well done, thou good and faithful servant. When Jesus comes back, I want him to find me faithful, standing like a sweet cinnamon tree, just waiting for the day he presses me to get a little more anointing. God, you can go ahead and work on me until I get it out. Oh, let's love him in this house. Amen. Come on, let's love him in this house. Don't let the devil lie. What are you standing for? i tell you what I'm standing for. God's anointed me. God's going to bring some anointing out of me. I'm standing firm and I'm standing tall. The third ingredient for God's holy anointing oil include calamus. Calamus is a reed that grows in this dirty, filthy swamp. The head of the reed is filled with oil. And you know it's ready to be used. Can I preach really good right now? That you know it's ready to be used when the head that's filled with anointing oil is bowed over. 
Amen. You know it's ready to be used when it is bent over because of the weight of the oil that fills its head. Not its opinions, not its thoughts, not what it thinks should happen. Amen. But when its head is filled with oil and filled with anointing, that it can't help but bow itself and bend low as a symbol of humility. Amen. Can I preach that God was showing us that the anointing is about humility. The anointing is not about a name. The anointing is not about popularity. The anointing is not about fame. The anointing is not about me. The anointing is not about you. The anointing is about being humble enough to be crushed for the serving of others. The anointing is not about being served. The anointing is about serving. We were not made and created to be served, but we as Christians were created to be like Jesus and washing the feet of his disciples and to bow over as a symbol of humility. Let's lift up our hands and let's love him. Well, I want to be used of God. You got to bow to Jesus. You got to, you got to bow under the weight of humility. It says, I don't know everything, but I'm willing to do whatever I can to serve my fellow man. I'm willing to do whatever I can, amen, to serve other disciples. I am not greater than anybody else, amen. God just chose, amen, because of my position and my humility to use me. Oh, I feel him in this house. Come on, let's pray right now. Somebody's wondering, when's my big break? When's it going to happen? When's life going to turn around? When, when's everything going to work out? Uh, amen. Have you bowed yet in humility? Uh, have you bowed yet to say, Jesus, uh, whatever you want from me, uh, even if it's a dirty swamp, uh, even if it's something that feels uncomfortable, even if it's something that I don't like and I don't want, uh, I'm willing to humble myself. That's why the Bible would say, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and in due time and in due season, he will exalt you. The only people that truly get exalted are those that are willing to humble themselves. Amen. I will use people as a pastor, amen, without talent. I will use people that don't have everything together, amen, well before I'll ever use somebody that's lifted up in pride and thinks that it couldn't happen without you want to know my criteria? Amen. That not nobody's perfect. Not everybody has it together. Huh? But I would rather have 15 people that are humble enough to say we don't have it huh, together by ourselves huh, than one person that can do everything by themselves huh, and do it solely by pride. Huh? I, want to, I want to help somebody here tonight huh, that we are saved to serve, huh, not to be served. Huh? God, please anoint us again. Huh? Fill my head huh, with humility again huh, until it causes me to bow over. Don't fill my head with pride. Don't fill my head with selfish ambition. But God, heal and fill my head with humility again. Oh, I feel him in this house. Let's pray. Come on, this, this, is, this is relating to all of us here tonight. Anoint everything. Anoint everything. God, I've got to humble myself because one day you're going to want to do something with me. I've got to be willing to humble myself because maybe, God, you want to give us the greatest revival that this city and this world's ever seen. God, help ARC. Amen. Amen to humble ourselves because, God, maybe that's all you're waiting on is us to say, God, we can't do it without you. Amen. Maybe it's the humility. I don't know. But, Jesus, whatever it takes.
humility is a missing element in our world. Nothing wrong with self-confidence. Be confident. Paul would say, there's one thing I'm confident. Amen. I'm, I'm confident in Jesus. David would say, one thing I'm confident. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. You can be confident about some things. But I'll be the first to admit, yeah, I don't have a clue what I'm doing half the time. But I know how to bow myself before God and say, God, help me. God, help me. God, would you feel, amen, fill our minds with humility again. Amen. You, you, you know what it looks like? Amen. Jesus tells a parable of the wheat and the tares. Amen. He said, you don't know which is a wheat and which is a tare. You know the time that you can tell the difference? When it comes to harvest time, the wheat bows and the tare does not. Mm-hmm. I came to preach. Amen. When you, when you say, well, I, I, I'm here to take nutrients, and I'm here to take this, and I'm here to receive, here to get, here to get, here to get, here to get. But then the moment it comes, it's time to serve somebody else. Amen. There's the only people that he comes by and reaps and says, you know what? I'm going to take the wheat with me are the ones that bow over. I'll tell you what. Amen. I want to I wanna pastor a church, and I feel like I do pastor a church of people that are saying, God, we will, we will be used, and we will spend and be spent, amen, for feeding of the world, for the helping of, oh, I feel Jesus, for the hungry, for the hurting, for the broken, if it means serving one another. Man, part of being anointed, we got to be willing to serve one another. It's not easy because sometimes we offend one another, but part of serving one another is saying, I'll forgive you even if you don't ask for it. Come on, I came to help somebody. I forgive you even if you didn't apologize. Amen, I, let, I release you of what you've done to me because, amen, I know, amen, at the end of it all, God wants to use us for feeding the world. The fourth ingredient in the anointing oil was called cassia. Cassia produces a leaf that is still used in medicines and used in herbal supplements today for inner cleansing. To live an anointed life. Every now and then we've got to get cleaned up and we've got to get cleaned out. Every every so often, amen, we got to bring everything on the inside of us. Amen. And we got to bring it to the foot of the cross. And we got to pray like David and say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. If there be any wicked way in me, lead me in the way that is everlasting. Amen. It could would be that God's anointing is wanting to hit your life but there are internal things and internal struggles there are thoughts up in your head that don't belong there there are feelings in your heart that don't belong there what are you letting into your life that is hindering the anointing of God from truly hitting you because before it's a deed it's a thought and before it's an action it is an attitude it could be that God wants to anoint somebody tonight but they've got an attitude that stinks and they refuse to move from it but there's there's something in the anointing that brings a cleansing there's something in the anointing that brings a renewing there's something in the anointing that renews in me a right spirit amen there's something in the anointing that creates in me 
oh God, a clean heart. God, I want to take inventory tonight. I want you to take inventory tonight of every thought in my life, of every emotion, of every intention, of every attitude. God, clean me up from the inside out. I might look good to everybody else, but if I'm truly going to be anointed, i got to be looking good where nobody sees it. If I'm going to truly be anointed, I've got to have it right where it counts. Lift up your hands and let's pray. I'm almost done preaching here tonight. But God sent me to preach to somebody. What is hindering you internally from truly letting God anoint you? Amen. What is there that you're not letting God clean out? Is there bitterness? Is there pride? Amen. Is, is, there, uh, is there unforgiveness? Amen. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's a, a paradigm where you think things should be a certain way. What is it that would hinder you? Can I preach to somebody here tonight? Often the greatest enemy of my anointing is not you and it is not the devil. It is me. Because there are things inside me that I refuse to get out. And so what happens is I get four out of five ingredients. And I am a knockoff. Oh, I feel Jesus. Hey, and, and, and you know what? We could, we could have all these other things. It might smell right. It might look right. It might have a certain consistency about it. Amen. But only I know and only you know whether or not that anointing has permeated to the inside. And it's gotten like the word of God between the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. Where it pierces and it divides between the soul and the spirit. And it gets down, amen, into the crevices that nothing else can get down into. I need the anointing of God all my life. Amen. Not just to help somebody else, but I need the anointing of God in my life because I need the anointing to help me. The fifth and final ingredient to a living and anointed life was a container. I want you to understand this. It was a container of olive oil. Olive oil throughout Scripture has always symbolized the Holy Ghost. The most, the biggest amount in that anointing oil. Above and beyond the cinnamon tree, above and beyond the cassia, above and beyond all of the other ingredients. Amen. The number one thing that was to overtake it all, amen, was to be this olive oil. The olive oil of the Holy Ghost. David, amen, would say, Lord, you can take everything. You can take my throne. You can take my money. You can take my job. You can take my health. But David, prayed whatever you do do not take your holy spirit don't let the Holy Ghost depart from me. Don't let the Spirit of God ever leave my life. God, you can take it all away, but Jesus, don't ever let that bucket, amen, of holy anointing oil, olive oil, ever leave my life. I want to be like David that prayed, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. 
I, I came to preach to somebody here tonight. Amen. David said, anoint me with fresh oil. There's nothing worse than stale oil. There's nothing worse than old oil. The Bible says, amen, there's something about the stink of old oil that it attracts flies. Amen. And when flies get in the oil, the Bible says it begins to rot. Amen. I want you to know that if we ever get to the place where we rest on our laurels and we rest on the, on the anointing we received last week, and we rest on the Holy Ghost we got 20 years ago and we never say God anoint me again with the Holy Ghost we used to sing it baptize me Jesus with the Holy Ghost Amen. I want you to know it's not about having it once it's not about having it on Easter it's about every day building up your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost I don't want my anointing to get stinky I don't want the Lord of the flies I don't want that old devil to come by and start picking away at my life. I've got to be fresh of the Holy Ghost. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Let's stand in this building. God, I need you because there's something about that olive oil. That olive oil is like a base layer. It holds everything together. Amen. It's like a carrier oil. It holds all of the, it keeps all the other oils stable. Can I preach to you? You can have, amen, the cinnamon, and you can be standing firm, but, but there's something that stabilizes you, and it's called the Holy Ghost. We cannot fight today's battle depending on yesterday's oil. We need the daily presence of God in our life. We've got to keep an ongoing relationship through worship, through prayer, through the Word. Amen. We cannot sustain an anointed life on stale, forgotten relationships with God. We've got to get a fresh anointing here tonight. Because if not, Samson shook himself. Yeah, I was anointed last week. Man, I had a move of God last month. Man, Sunday was awesome. But he shook himself and did not know that the Spirit of the Lord or the anointing of God had left him. And now he's fighting against chains that he should have never been bound by. Because he didn't keep it fresh. He didn't keep his consecration. But let's, let's take it from the other side. Because purity is not enough. Samson was impure. That's what caused him to lose his anointing. But purity is not enough. Jesus tells a parable of ten virgins, five wise and five unwise. Five were filled with oil. And five were not. And what's the difference? One said... I've got to keep my life filled up. There's a question people always ask. And it's, it's is that a heaven or hell issue? It's a terrible premise. Terrible question. If you ever ask that question, you're probably on the wrong track anyways. What they're really saying is, how much oil do I need to skate by? How much oil can I live off of? This is why we don't believe in one saved, always saved. I got it once, so that should be enough. 
but that, that, that lamp's been burning. And the Bible would even tell us that they were to never let the, 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 the light in the temple to ever go out. It took oil. Not just any oil, it took olive oil. If we're to have our lights shining before men, we've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. Somebody praise for a few moments. Come on, let's pray in this house. God, I want you to anoint everybody in this house. I believe that you spoke to me that you want to anoint everybody in this house. But Lord, we don't want to, we don't want to counterfeit. We don't want to knock off. We don't want an imitation. We want the absolute and perfect anointing of God on every individual in this house. After God told Moses what went into the oil, that nobody else was to replicate it, that you weren't to add or take away from it, you weren't to diminish what was in the oil, you weren't to try and get some, some cheaper way of doing it, an easier way of doing it. There are no shortcuts in God. He told Moses, when you get done making the oil, he sent him around the tabernacle to anoint everything with it. He sent him to anoint the tabernacle. He sent him to anoint the ark. He sent him to anoint the table and its instruments. He sent him to anoint, amen, the incense and the instruments. He sent him to anoint the candlestick and the instruments. He sent him to anoint the laver of water and the base of it. He sent him to anoint the altar. And then he sent him to anoint the priests of God that they would minister before him in the tabernacle. Church, I came tonight with a very simple message. We cannot afford to omit the anointing, amen, that God has designed for his church. And this is why Isaiah 10 and 27, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed not because of the talent not because amen we had it all together but they shall be destroyed because of this anointing simple here tonight we need apostolic revival center to be an anointed church You might be here tonight and you came with all sorts of mistakes and you came with all sorts of failures and the burden and the weight is on your shoulders. But because of what I'm preaching here tonight, you walked into a place where those, those burdens can be destroyed off of your life because there is a church that is anointed. We need anointed saints of God. Well, pastor, you be anointed. It takes an anointed church. I can only lay hands on so many people, teach so many Bible studies, pray for so many people, work with so many people. But if the saints of Apostolic Revival Center, amen, let that anointing flow in their life. The revival that we would have and the revival that we will have is absolutely incredible.
We need, and I don't want this to sound like we don't have, so please understand me. We need anointed musicians. I have half a mind to take oil and start putting on instruments, but then I'd ruin them. I don't want to ruin nothing because I'd rather it be a spiritual anointing. We need anointed singers. Amen. Talent's awesome. If you're talented, praise God. But what we really need is committed. I need the things that are in this. I'm not trying to build a faux Pentecostal church. I want to build it the way God has designed it. I want to build an actual apostolic church. And before it comes down to anything, it comes down to character. We need anointed ushers. Thank you, Brother Machado, for leading anointed ushers. We need anointed greeters. Thank you, Sister Worley. We need anointed worshipers. That's you and I. We need anointed preachers. Not just myself, but God's raising up people. We need an anointed prayer room. We don't just have it open so we can go and mumble a couple words. But we go in there to do warfare. We need an anointed offering. We ain't going to buy a building without an anointed offering. And that's what's been happening for the last several years. People started getting anointed when they put their money in the offering. We need an anointed baptistry. It's been dry for too long. We need anointed altar calls. We need anointed altar workers. Well, who am I? I'll tell you who you are. You're an anointed individual. We need anointed men, not sissies. We need anointed men that will stand like men, uh, stand in the gap, uh, lift up the hands that hang down. Uh, we need anointed women uh, that will pray it down, uh, amen, like they're praying for their children. Uh, we need anointed young people. We need anointed elders. Uh, what am I preaching? Uh, we need everything uh, in the church uh, to be anointed. You and I are responsible for our own anointing. Well, I'd be a more, more anointed if this church had this or that. No. If the church is dead, you need to come out of the tomb. I love what one preacher told me. He said, he said, this is good to tell the church, and I don't think I've ever said it yet. You are as called to this city as I am. Hey, come on, somebody. You are as called to this church as my wife and I are. And so if you want a great anointed church, amen, start pouring oil over your head. Amen, start praying it down. Amen, I want you to know it's, it's not up to us and it's not up to the few. It's up to the entire church to say, we will be anointed and we will have revival. But it goes back to the book. It goes back to living based on the anointing. How do I do it, preacher? Anointing flows downward. As the Bible says, it flows down Aaron's head, down to his beard, to his garments. Get in alignment. Living in the overflow. What happens? I'm getting in alignment. You've been disconnected for too long. Get in alignment. Line back up and say, God, I know you got something for me. Amen. If you've been off doing your own thing, stop doing your own thing because that's why you feel so, so down and that's why it's not working for you. Get in alignment and say, God, would you let that anointing fall on me again? I've been driving this last week and I drive too much. A little light shows up. 
Anybody ever had that light show up? A little oil care. You know what that's telling me? Number one, my oil's low. And number two, it's a reminder. It's time for an oil change. I'm your Jiffy Lube preacher tonight. I didn't come to preach a pretty sermon. It's oil change tonight. This ain't discount oil either. This is high synthetic, top grade. It's time to say yes to every adjustment. Yeah, it might cost me a little more, but Jesus changed my oil tonight. God, rebaptize me in anointing tonight. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Part of coming to the altar is saying, Lord, I need an oil change tonight. I need the anointing of God on my life again. Maybe you have a burden. Maybe you have a yoke. Maybe there's some things you don't know what you're going to do in your life. I came to preach to you on a Wednesday night. It will be destroyed because of the anointing. Amen. I don't know how I'm going to make it through. Get the anointing on your life. I'm overwhelmed. Get the anointing on your life. I'm stressed out. Get the anointing on your life. I don't I don't know what's going to happen. Get the anointing. Come on, let's pray in the house of God. He's in this place. The Holy Ghost is rebaptizing somebody with the Holy Ghost. There's a fresh anointing in this house. I believe that when you pray right now, there's an oil change happening. I believe that when you pray right now, God is saying, hey, let me take that heavy burden and destroy it in your life. Let me take the things that you're stressed out about, even the things you don't know how you're going to make it through. Let me help you with that.